Hello, my name's Rosemary and I'm one of the leaders of the DIY community here at Philadelphia. And I'm really excited to be able to come and talk about this passage, the first one of our summer series. This year we're looking at David and some of the events of his life before he became king. So before we start, we actually need, as this is the first one, to think about the context of this passage. You know, what is it that happened before? What is it that is causing uh, Samuel to uh, anoint David in the way that's described? Well, we have here a story that is taking place about 1000 BC. We don't know exactly, but it's round about that. And for the last 27 years, Saul has been king over Israel, all of Israel. He was the first king of Israel. The Israelites had pleaded with God to give them a king. And this is what God had done. He had directed Samuel, who was uh, a prophet, to anoint Saul. And that's what happened. Now, Saul had the appearance of of the king. He was every inch the king in the way that he looked. He was tall, he was handsome, he was a good warrior, and he had been king for 27 years. But he had disobeyed God. Samuel had given Saul some very specific commands, and Saul had deliberately disobeyed. And because of this, uh, God has decided that he is going to turn Saul over and that he is going to anoint someone else to be king. So Samuel is very grieved at the point um, of the story about what's happened with Saul. But God clearly says to him to stop that and go and do what I'm asking you to do, which is to anoint one of the sons of Jesse. So Samuel goes off to Bethlehem, uh, where Jesse lives, and he makes this a public thing by inviting the elders of the village to come. And his excuse is that he is going to make a sacrifice and that they are going to enjoy the feast together. And that would be quite normal. The only offerings that you wouldn't have eaten would have been a sin offering. Um, all the other offerings that you made part of the meat would have been enjoyed by the people there. So although they're a bit afraid of Samuel, and I can understand that because he was a, a person who brought God's word, would have been difficult. They, they were worried if he was uh, coming with something bad, but he accepts. Uh, but they say, you know, are you coming with peace? And he says he is. So here we are with Jesse is collected and his uh, sons. And we, we know the outcome. Um, first of all, Samuel looks at the elder son and thinks, ah, oh, yes, this is going to be uh, the person that God's going to choose. But we know that that isn't the case and goes through all of the sons. Now, Samuel, you see, was someone who took God at his word. Samuel always listened to what God said and then followed his instructions. He always did what God wanted. And so he asked Jesse that, you know, is there another son? Because he knew there must be if uh, God hadn't chosen any of these. And of course, there is. Now, we don't know why David wasn't there. He could have been aged at uh, 10 to 15 at this stage. 
Uh, the commentators disagree, but generally that seems to be the range of the age that they think he was. Now, if he was at the younger end of that, it may well be simply that he was still considered a child and therefore wouldn't have been um, in the in the uh, offing for this. And uh, at this time, if you didn't have servants, the women and the children looked after the sheep because it was a lowly job. So that is the that is one of the most simple reason for um, David not being there. Now, there are indications elsewhere that all was not well with David and his fellow brothers. And so perhaps that had something to do with it either. If anyone wants to know about that, then come and talk to me. We've not got time to discuss it now. So here we are. David eventually comes. And of course, he's not actually been named at this stage in the in the story. Um, and he is anointed with oil. And this would be very significant. Um, his brothers would know that it was something significant, even if they weren't sure what. And any of the other witnesses as well. But... The interesting thing, of course, is that the oil would stain David's clothing and so that sign would be there for a little while yet. But we know that the sign was going to be there for a long time yet because he was anointed with the Holy Spirit at this time. Now, remember that in the Old Testament it was before Jesus. And so when people were anointed with the Holy Spirit, it was for a task. So. If we look through uh, the Old Testament, we'll see that when the Holy Spirit came upon someone, it was often a temporary thing and it was for a specific task. And so David has been anointed for a specific task. Now, Saul doesn't know that this is happening. The witnesses may not quite understand the significance of it, but the person who is relating the story does. So... What's different about David to Saul? Because we're told that he was good looking too. I mean, he's clearly just an adolescent. But what we know is that God looks at the heart and he has said that David was a man after his own heart. He knew that Saul had done good things as the king to start with, but he knew his heart and knew where that disobedience was going to sort of catch him up. Whereas David, OK, he wasn't perfect, spoiler alert, but he was someone that would come back to God with repentance when his sins were pointed out to him. God had said that he was a man after his own heart. And so here, God's not looking at the outside. He's not looking at the outward appearance, but what's inside. Anyway, so the anointings happened. They've had the feast. What happens next? David doesn't become king. They all go home. David goes back to the sheep for a short while. And then we have this last little bit of the chapter where we see God's plan coming into action. So we have Saul and David together and David is actually providing something that Saul needs. Now when David was anointed with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit left Saul and that will have left him unprotected. Uh, if you think about uh, the covenant in the Old Testament where 
it's very clearly said that if people obeyed God's commands, they would get blessings. If they didn't, there would be curses. And so here is Saul now unprotected by the Holy Spirit. And he is therefore um, in a dangerous place, if you like. And clearly he had mental health issues and we're told that he was tormented by a spirit. Now, it reminds me of Peter when he says that uh, we need to be careful because the devil uh, prowls like a lion looking for someone to, de to devour. And the thing is that um, Saul had been disobedient. The spirit had left him and now he was in this difficult place as a consequence. And who should be providing some of the answer to that but David with his music? We know that David was clearly a poet and a brilliant musician. And this was used to help um, reduce the problems with Saul. So David, who was going to become his successor, starts off being a provider of one of his needs. But also, you see, David was a shepherd. He knew how to be a shepherd. Some of those skills would be used later uh, when he was king. But by being there as Saul's sword bearer, he was in that place where he could observe what it is to be a king. So he could learn those duties. And that's what God does. He puts him in a place where to start with, he and Saul get on. And that's how his plan is uh, furthered so that David has that preparation. Now, what we need to be thinking about for ourselves is, so what does this really tell us about God? And for us, how does that work out? So I shall leave you to do that um, in, in the rest of the time.